live ECU? Do you breathe purple and gold? Are you ready to hoist the colors? Now, time for the most in-depth look at the world of ECU athletics. Welcome in to Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Watch the show live on Facebook and at 94.3thegame.com. Now, here's your host, Stephen Igo. All right, welcome into the show on this Friday, September 29th edition of Hoist the Colors. We are a little over 24 hours away from kickoff between East Carolina and Rice. This is the conference opener for the Pirates, and Rice has already played a conference game, so they're already 0-1 in league play. They're trying to get back on the right side of the uh, of the standings with their first win in the American. And they're wearing basically the same uniforms the Houston Cougars wore uh, a couple weeks ago. <laughs> it's a Friday, so it's the Joey Football Friday. Joey, Joe, Joseph, how you doing? I'm fantastic, I gotta say. How would you rank your three names in order? Joseph, Joe, Joey. If my dad was asking, it'd probably be Joseph, Joe, and then Joey. If it's me, it's probably Joe, Joey, then Joseph. But okay. the entire rest of the world, it's probably Joey, Joe, then Joseph. Wow. Now I'm, I, now I'm just confused. Now you're just thrown off. So you prefer Joe. I've I gone think. by all three at one okay. point. Usually Joseph was if I was in trouble. So that's why I like right. went that's away fair. from it. Uh, but Joey seems to be the term of endearment now. So you said the world likes Joey the best. The world likes Joey football the best, not well, just Joey. I was going off the other sides of my family uh, that all refer to me as Joey also. You can tag on the football moniker at the end if you'd hope to. If that's what the rest of the world to. refers to me as, then yeah, Joey football is probably at one at this point. But for the rest of the world, it's probably Joey, then Joe, then Joseph. And we got Philip Pilkington, a.k.a. Phil, a.k.a. Felipe. He's behind the glass. A.k.a. the specialist. The how ref. would you rank those three names, Philip? Uh, I mean, Philip first, I guess. And then after that, I, I, I don't really care. Um, so Felipe. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'd go Felipe. I think I, Felipe. Because yep. my, uh, my baseball coach growing up was Cuban. So I would oh, like yeah. Felipe if baseball. If your real name was Felipe, I think you'd be in the league. Yeah, I probably would. You also have, like, four nicknames, right? You've got yeah. the ref. What does Steve Logan call you? Uh, does he call me Pilk? I can't remember. Is that's what... I, that's what. I, no, it's something like no, a more um, unofficial. Yeah. Um, we'll have to think about it and come back know. to it. Patrick I, calls me Pilk a lot. Yeah, he, he goes Pilk or ref. Yeah. Yeah. All that's right. what my dad went by in high school, because he was one of, like, eight Bryans that he grew up with, so he had to go by Pilk, because Pilkington's a mouthful, and... Everybody else was named Brian, so. Fair enough. And I came up with a nickname for you for this show that I already forgot. The Specialist. Uh, the Specialist. There you go. Yeah. Because like he's already running around doing everything. The Specialist is a good name. Steve Logan calls you something, and it's, I don't think it's Enforcer, but it's something like that. Yeah, now that you bring it up, there is something like that. we got to write uh, this down. I know. Well, you got the Logan Zone coming up later today. You should probably remember yeah, it before. Yeah, we, we only got five hours till Logan Zone. So. This is true. You're going to be running gasters soon enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Scholarship's going to be taken away again. Yeah. Let me know what it's like to have one, Philip. A scholarship? <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's pretty great. It's Honestly, though, it's hard to balance. Like It's hard to budget because like, I'm on scholarship, and I think my schooling's paid for, and then like Coach Logan takes it away. Oh, yeah. And it's like, crap, now i got to pay so like, $8,000 sure. this semester. Mm. And like 10 minutes later, I'm back on. So it's, it's really confusing. It's kind of a pain, honestly. Yeah, honestly. Sounds difficult. Yeah. All right, if you're tuned in, you're probably wondering what is going on. Uh, are these guys going to talk E.C. Rice or what's, what's happening? Uh, the, the real thing is we get to Friday – and I just want to have as much fun as possible. <laughs> um, and to be fully transparent, I am 
probably in the air right now to Houston, Texas, covering to cover the game. Are you time traveling right yeah, now? Yeah, time traveling, and uh, we are we are recording this. So it's I'm just ready for game day. It's a Friday show. All I fifteen have Rice fans. All fifteen Rice fans. Loud wanna, as heck. I'm gonna go around and say hey to every every one of them. Um, in their Harry Potter outfits, since apparently that's the thing. But wait, is that really a thing that they wear? Or are you just making I don't that think joke? They actually the wear them. Thing. Okay, it's just with their houses or their colleges, yeah. different environment up there. So looking forward to checking that out. But guys, we got uh, some uncertainty. <laughs> Getting choked up apparently about this game. <laughs> got some uncertainty about the JT Daniels situation. And Josh, just ask you. You've been in the program mm-hmm. as a defensive player at one time, and uh, you did some scouting work as far as like preparing for an opposing offense. So how much, I don't know if stress is the right word, but when you look at it from the standpoint of ECU trying to figure out what quarterback they're going to face, they have to prepare for three different styles. How yeah. much of a problem does that create? It limits your game plan as far as what you want to do if you want to go more uh, pass heavy and kind of drop eight or give yourself those kind of messed up looks where you can play some cover six or play some three with a weak buzz from a corner to kind of hide some things. That's what you do for JT. He's a passer. You want to limit what he can do as far as the lanes go. But when you get a mobile quarterback like that, you might go with some two spy. You might go a little more quarters to keep the corners down as opposed to dropping them deep. And then when you get an intermediate guy, like the third option, you kind of have to do the best of both. And you can do everything you want to do, but you can't put in as much complexity as you'd hope to because you're playing three different guys in theory. When you are at practice, is Coach Harrell or whoever the <laughs> defensive coaches, are they just calling out like, all right, this is JT, and then you all like kind of morph into that defense, and then the next time, the next guy, so on? So kind of. The way Coach Harrell does a really good job of it is you'll have uh, – Basically, one play call, and this is what the scout team's going to run. This is on the card. And they'll be like, okay, run it against this defense. Now go this defense. Okay, this situation, this quarterback's in. Go this defense, but this guy buzzed that way. So he's so far ahead already in the game plan. And by the time you get to Thursday, you've run every single look for every single coverage, it feels like. He doesn't have many holes where you're like, you know, maybe we need to run this one. We haven't seen it yet against this look. You're always prepared. So looking forward to this game. We'll see, and hopefully 7 o'clock kickoff time Eastern, you know, around 6 o'clock, the players will take the field. We should know around that point if JT Daniels is at least dressed. Now we've seen situations where players will be dressed for a game, go through warm-ups, but not play kind of mm-hmm. as a decoy. So we'll have more clarity, I would say, 30 minutes to an hour to kick off uh, potentially, and then we'll kind of see as we get closer to kickoff. Still don't really know. I've heard – Probably a game time decision, but usually how it leans. Yeah, I mean, if you don't know, you just say game time decision, and it's, you sound smarter than you really are. <laughs> um, but it, it's one of those things where even if he plays, I don't see a scenario where he's a hundred percent. No shot. So, do you approach it differently for ECU's defense? Do you attack him early? Or do you have that filling out stage where you kind of see how he is and then adjust from there if you're Coach Terrell? If, if you're making the play calls on the defense for ECU, yeah. what, what approach are you taking? Well, the first thing I say is there's a long time saying rule number one is get to number two, and that's kind of force them to go to a different guy or go to a different personnel package or just kind of get the quarterback out of the game in his own head. And that's kind of basically the exact same mindset you have to have because if you can get Daniels out, they're a completely different offense. They're a different way. And I'm not saying you injure the guy. It's not at all where that's coming across. You're not putting on the New Orleans Saints. No, uh, no, no. No bounty gate. No, none of your head coach now in Denver. 
We we don't need that, but we'll get to that. We'll don't get worry. To that. Yep. But you want to kind of limit what he can do, force him to get flustered and not be the quarterback that he considers himself. Maybe they pull him, go to the backup because the running game's better. And that's what Harold's going to do. He'll bring early pressure, try and give him a bunch of messed up looks so he gets flustered and maybe they have to go to a different guy. So we had uh, Coach Mark Yellock, former ECD line coach, on mm-hmm. Thursday. And I basically said, I made the comments. You know, this is a game ECU has to score some points. And uh, I forgot he's a coach, so he's like, you know, I don't look at it that way. I look at it, <laughs> we got to play, you know, complimentary football, which is a fair, you know, that's how coaches look at it. But I'm, Rice scores 35 points a game, especially if JT Daniels plays Joe. Yeah. I don't see ECU being able to hold Rice under like 28, like to me, uh, if JT Daniels is a go. So Rice's defense has been vulnerable to explosive plays. We talked about that throughout this week. ECU hasn't really had a lot of explosive plays. So something's got to give in this game mm-hmm. with ECU's offense versus Rice defense. How do you kind of assess that matchup? I've said it many times now, and I said it Tuesday. They're 14-16 and 16 in the red zone as an offense when they touch the football. And that's a ridiculous percentage if you looked at field goals and anything else. That's 14 touchdowns. So every that's, time that's they good. get the ball essentially in the red zone, they're scoring. There was two times they didn't. They settled for a field goal. One penalty kind of pushed them back out of uh, what would have been fourth down range. And then they have 19 total touchdowns this year. So once they get into the red zone, that's what they do. They score. They're not going to hit a bunch of explosive plays. So ECU has to do the same thing and sustain a long drive, get the running game going, play the complimentary football we've heard of, maybe a little more play action and try and get some deep routes to settle in and try and hold that clock because Coach Coach K actually put it very well when he said it may be a lot of scoring, but you won't get the ball a lot. Yeah, he was saying they they like to run the play clock down. They huddle. Yeah, that's how different is that as a player who oh are always preparing for no huddle. It's it's a throw off because you're so used to already being spread out and you're communicating calls, and now you have to come essentially a tight knit huddle on defense itself, which is already out of the ordinary that you don't do at this level. And you're kind of watching, okay, was this guy hiding behind the line? Are they in a two-back system? Who subbed in? Who subbed out? Because you don't have a headset, so you can't see from the sideline who's subbing in and out. And you're, like, forced to almost pick apart everything that you're thinking in your head and be like, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. So you're thinking about four different outcomes before the first play happens. And McCaffrey is, you know, obviously the brother of Christian McCaffrey, the son of Ed McCaffrey. He is their go-to guy. Luke McCaffrey leads the team in targets, catches, mm-hmm. yards by a wide margin. And we were talking about with Coach Harrell yesterday with the huddle and the fact he can line up really in the backfield. Everywhere. But also slot outside. They motion him. How difficult is that to prepare for? Like if you're, I don't know, if you're an ECU defender as far as trying to figure out, all right, is he going to line up in the slot? And then what do you adjust to from there? With them coming to the line with, what, 15 and counting seconds for remaining on yeah, the play clock. Basically. I mean, it's been as low as 10 at some yeah. point, so you just kind of have to roll with what you call. And Harold does a really good job during early in the week when, okay, this guy's in this formation, let's check it to this. If you see this, this is where the strength of the defense should be. So Taylor Jackson and Mike Edwards will do a really good job this week of understanding where it's supposed to be and who's supposed to be where. And that's kind of the fun part also for defense is you just kind of react to what they do and you're like, okay, it's their best versus our best. Let's kind of go out there and force a turnover or create a bad play so this time last week your your vibe for the guard web game was at what a three or four i think it was, it was a five okay yeah i think it was at a five Yeah, correct me lo- if i'm wrong but i think me and philip were at like a five or a six but it was lowering just based on i think the weather at the time yeah which was not good 
How are y'all feeling? I mean, about this game, I've got very mixed feelings. I would say I'm at a five right now. Like I, I think a lot depends on the. Like honestly, if JT Daniels is out, I'm at a seven. If he's yeah. playing, I'm at a three or four. Maybe that's too low, but how are y'all feeling about this game? Well, I love offensive football. So if JT Daniels is playing, it's going to be a shootout. I'm, that has me extremely excited, like a 7 or an 8, because I want to see them throw the ball 57 times a game. Like I am a homer. They threw it 53 times last week. Yeah. Bryce did, at least. Mm-hmm, and that was before JT Daniels' yeah. ankle basically exploded or whatever it was. We aren't sure what the injury is. I'm speculating. I'm not a medical expert. <laughs> so I'm extremely excited to just see offensive power football and if – Donnie K can dial some stuff up. Hurricane Donnie with the winds of change can just let it eat deep. I'm extremely excited. And if it's a running quarterback, I'm less excited. Uh, Philip, how you feeling? I'm extremely excited because I want to see how the Pirates grew from last week. Mm. Um, you know, the first three games didn't go as planned. And I think last week was a big setup week to set us up for conference play. So I'm at like an eight, regardless of who the quarterback is on the other side, because at the end of the day, I hate to say it, and I might get some ridicule for it, but this game probably makes or breaks ECU season. If you don't go out there and get a win now, you're likely to make it a bowl. It's slim to none. You've got to win this football game, um, and this offense needs to show how they build on a good performance from a week ago. So I'm a I'm an optimistic eight, and if we lose, I probably won't be higher than like two the rest of the year. I think that's a fair take. I mean, I think if you lose this game, it's going to be very tough, especially going to a bye week. And win, a short week after and that. And a short week. But if you win it all of a sudden, like, you know, the the flip of if you win this game, you could win. You could have a four-game winning streak. You could beat SMU. You could beat Charlotte going yeah. to ETSA. If you lose this game, you're like, oh, man, are we going to win another game? Like, that's how the fans feel. The players obviously kind of have to take it for what it is. The coach is the same way. But it's a big swing game, and I didn't have this as a swing game going into the year, but I did have App and Marshall mm. as swing games. ECU lost both of those, so how do you swing it back in the right direction? You win a game like this when your uh, back's against the wall, conference opener. Interesting line movement, and we'll make our picks here in our upcoming segment. But So Rice opened as a 4.5-point favorite. They went to 2.5, and, and now it's back to Rice 3.5. Uh, and... A half. and the over the total was set at fifty one and a half, and now is down to forty six and a half, which is basically they're expecting a game in the twenties. So wow. I, I would assume that Vegas is not expecting JT Daniels to play. That's my understanding, based just on that line. Off everything you just said, and the line moving to where it is, and it's only three and a half, and then I mean the total is really the telling part. If they're not envisioning a high scoring game, then I definitely lean to the running quarterback as a time of possession. Yeah, because, I mean, if JT Daniels is playing, it's you have a hard time believing. Because ECU is probably going to have to turn up the offensive urgency as well. Yeah. I mean, that total, I'm hammering that over if I figure out <laughs> JT Daniels is playing closer to kickoff. Vegas, please call me. Tell me what you know. Vegas knows, man. I'll tell you what. These betting guys, they, they, they figure it out some way or another. All right, let's get our first break in, and it is a Friday show, so we got our picks to make. We will start with our college picks on the other side. We'll tell you how terrible we are. We've got updated full-season standings. I tallied them up last night, and I cannot wait to wow y'all with how good we are picking these games. So we'll have that on the other side, then pro picks and final thoughts on ECU Rice throughout the show as well. You're listening to Hoist the Colors on a Friday. 
Everything you need to know in the world of ECU athletics. This is Hoist the Colors with Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Hi, welcome back into the show on this Friday, September 29th edition of Hoist the Colors. We are a little over 24 hours away from East Carolina and Rice, and it's a Friday show. It is a Joseph Football Friday. Joey Football Friday. I was about to say, Joseph didn't sound... It didn't it's sound not as catchy. Good. It's a Joey Football Friday. It's a Felipe <laughs> Philip Friday. Wait. Felipe Football Friday. Felipe Fo- rolls. Fo- yeah, Felipe Football's good. Yeah. If we were talking like soccer, that would be perfect. Um, I'm going to tell you all I know about soccer. You kick the ball in the net and you can't use your hands. Unless you're a goalie. Yeah. There's, there's there we go. The hard yeah, hitting. There's the hoist the colors. Yeah. Soccer analysis. All right, there we go. So n- we're not talking any Premier League on this show. I mean, I can. I, I do know. I know more than I just said I know, but I definitely don't know enough to I definitely carry an educated conversation. Now, if, if you want, Brighton's third in the Premier League. That's all I care about. They lost in the Carabao Cup to Chelsea in full time last night. That's all I got for you. Cup. Yeah, it's one of the 19 in-season tournaments they play okay. over there. It's to get all the scrubs PT, basically, because they have subbing. You know, they have subbing limitations mm. in soccer. So you know yeah. stuff about soccer. Yeah, we, we I have know. No it. idea what what y'all are talking yeah. about right now. I played enough FIFA to know a little bit. That's there it, it is. Right. I've won several Premier League titles in FIFA. That's what matters. Yeah, soccer, NASCAR, <laughs> golf. I mean, we may talk about those topics once every three years on this program. Hey, well, well when, I'm going to use our one golf thing. Did you guys see that Victor Hovland hit a hole in one on a par four this morning? Yeah, that was insane. Round? Yeah, I, I saw that it, on Twitter. I was like, I need to turn my phone off. That's unbelievable. I would I, retire. I don't even believe that. I would retire. It's not getting any better. <laughs> it's true. All right, let's transition to picks. <laughs> and uh, maybe we should talk golf because we don't know what the heck we're doing when we're making picks. Talk to me in April. So here is the updated standings. Oh, boy. Joe and myself are <laughs> tied for last. Combined, we are 12-22-3 against the spread in college and pro football this year. If we were betting money on this, we would lose a lot. I was expecting to be worse. I'm going to be really? honest. Yeah. I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised we picked 12 correctly. So I'm 7-13-2 th- in college. You're 6-14-2 in college. I'm 5-9-1 in pro. You're 6-8-1 in pro. So you're almost go. 500 There we go. Pro. Almost. Hey, uh, Joey Football's winning the pro. He's got the most pro he does. picks, right? I think I'm just a pro picker. Yeah, and then Felipe is sixteen, eighteen, and three, so almost five hundred overall. He is eleven, nine, and two picking college football, and five, nine, and one picking pro. He is coming off a down one, three, and two week in college. You're coming off an zero, four, and two week in college, so it was a rough week. I went two, two, and two. Uh, we had two pushes, so uh, we're we're struggling, but yeah. we're not. You know, we're kind of like ECU right now. We're we're not buried yet. Mm. We got to make a run though to become bowl eligible. I'm hitting my stride at the right time. That's what I'm going to go with. That's okay. the coach's speak. Philip is leading though, as I do the math here. I guess he is four games up on us in the standings, so we got to make up some ground. I do have to say a special shout out to Wazoo and to Ohio State for the backdoor push. Uh, I appreciate it. Both of those should have been wins for yeah. me, but they weren't. I know. So it's painful. Rough. All right, fellas, we got a great one tonight, Friday night. Utah is at Oregon State. Speaking of Pac-12 uh, schools, or soon-to-be-dead Pac-12 schools. The Pac-2, baby! Oregon State is a three-point favorite against Utah, which is undefeated. I've been high on Utah this year. I've been riding them. I love this team. 
But <laughs> Oregon State coming off a loss at home. Utah, most of their big games at this point, I think, have been at home. Now they're going on the road. I like the Beavers here to win this football game. Ooh. I'm going to Oregon State. It's going to seem like I'm jumping ship because I go went Oregon State, but I'm a notorious Oregon State hater. I said it last week. I'll say it again this week. I don't think they should have been ranked last week. I think they fell out of the top 25 this week. I like Utah. I like them on the road. I think that what they did against UCLA to limit such a high-powered offense and kind of keep it to essentially Big Ten football at that point will kind of cause a shock to Oregon State, who's expecting to kind of go up and run up the score at home. So give me Utah. Phil? Utah, to me, has not put a complete game together mm. all year. So that's why I want to lean towards Oregon State. However, it sounds like, as of recording this, that Cam Rising is going to play. And uh, if that is the truth, I think he brings them a new spark. And uh, I like the Utes. Honestly, they've been, they haven't been lighting the world on fire without him, but they've been so good without him. Just need to. I just kind of wonder close. how they'll be. Yeah, with him back in the lineup. But I'm going to Oregon State. I think they uh, bounce back at home. All right, USC is at Colorado. Colorado is a 21 and a half point underdog. I'm gonna let y'all go first here. We're gonna go reverse order. We're gonna go Phil. Okay. And uh, let him make his pick on the fighting Deion Sanders versus the fighting Lincoln Rileys. So, this is the third game this year that Colorado will have played at 10 a.m. their time. At TCU, home against Nebraska. This will be the first game this year that USC has played at 9 a.m. their time. I think the Trojans get off to a slow start. They win the football game, but due to their slow start, the Buffs cover. Joe. Interesting. I know where you're leaning. I like Caleb Williams to the point where certain NFL franchises are going to lose every possible football game for the opportunity for him to maybe decide if he wants to come out and play. So I like Caleb Williams. I think the offensive attack of Lincoln Riley, ECU legend, gives them just a different opportunity that Dan Lanning kind of exposed against Colorado. The football nerd in me is very excited to see how that quick-firing air raid offense is really just going to destroy the lack of defensive support they have as far as DBs go, especially with that five-star who refuses to watch film. So give me the Trojans. Fight on. So there was nothing sweeter than last week. Oh, my God. Lock of the week hit the Oregon 30-plus. What was the final? Do you remember the final score? It was uh, so bad. I 40, forgot. 41? 41, 42-6, to 42-6. Yeah, yeah, lock of the week. Lock it in, baby. It was great. Deion Sanders. Again, I have nothing against Deion. But how about Dan Lanning's pregame speech? They're fighting for clicks. They're fighting has for wins. against Deion. And uh, I'll tell you what, I loved it. I loved every bit of it. But reverse psychology. This week, I'm expecting Colorado to bounce back. Whoa! Philip has already picked USC for me in our spreadsheet. You're going to need to change that because I'm riding with the Buffaloes. I'm riding with primetime. Give me the Buffaloes. Lock of the week. Anson Belton Buckle. Colorado covers this spread. I will not say they will win outright. But uh, we talked about it Wednesday with Bobby. I got really hyped there for no reason. But uh, (laughs) USC, they have one of these games every year where they either almost lose or they lose. That's true. I think this is the week. Now, USC might win by 70, but I'm going with Colorado. Yeah, Lincoln Riley is notorious for this. Yeah. So I'm going, I don't know. Again, sometimes you just you get on the air, it overcomes You just it. feel it. You just feel it. Okay. I felt it with uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and wrong. the Niners, and I was dead wrong. Last week, I felt it with Oregon. I was right. You were? 
This week, we'll see. I'm not feeling great about it right now, but I'm riding with it. Colorado covers. All right, Georgia is a 14-and-a-half-point favorite going to Auburn. This is an interesting line. Auburn, I don't really know what to make of Auburn right now, um, so I'm going to let Joe start this one. Oh, I'm so glad you did because people are going to think I'm crazy. There has never been a time where I've been so in my heart of hearts convinced that Auburn would upset Georgia. And then I remembered Kirby Smart's speech from South Carolina where it was like, we needed the game that wakes us up. We needed that kind of moment that makes us remember we're the Georgia expletive Bulldogs. Wow. And that's why I think 14.5 is too little. I think they win by more than 14.5. Give me the Georgia Bulldogs. Brock Bowers is going to go 98 yards on a tunnel screen because he's the fastest player in the SEC right now. I know he's a tight end. That's biased, but watch the tape. And I don't think it's close. Give me the Bulldogs, and no war eagle will happen. Phillip? Uh, Auburn barely got past Cal. I still think they're trying to figure things out with a new head coach this year. I think they're a solid football team, but uh, Georgia's on another level. I got the dogs. Auburn has struggled. Last week they lost to Texas A&M 27-10. That their, game was bad. Their offense has just not been great. Just bad. Um, Avery Jones, looking at the pro football focus numbers, he's grading out basically how he did at ECU. Extremely pedestrian. Uh, 60.7, which is just above replacement level. Uh, nothing to say if you just point out what yeah, the PFF my guy. grades are. And so, I, I honestly, I'll be watching this game. I haven't watched Auburn at all this year, and PFF is subjective. But I'm looking forward to seeing how he handles Georgia. I did hear this offseason that Auburn's offensive line was a major problem, hence why they recruited mm-hmm. Avery. Uh, I think Georgia, I'm with you all, I think Georgia rolls here. And Auburn may play, keep it close off of motion in the first half, but I think Georgia, it's time for Georgia to wake up. Just like Mike Houston said, it's time for the Pirates to show up. It's time for the freaking Bulldogs to show up, and I think this is the week they do it. All right, Notre Dame is a six. Yeah, that scares me. I almost went (laughs) Auburn just to keep it from consensus. That's our first consensus pick of the week. Uh, Notre Dame going to Duke, college game day, going to Durham. And go ahead. Yeah, Philip Felipe, the Duke fan, Duke fanboy. Let's let's hear it. Uh, uh, I should probably say the spread. Notre Dame's a six-point favorite. Time for the fighting Mike Elko's to eat some humble pie. <laughs> They've wow. been kicking the crap out of teams, and uh, they're riding a little high. Notre Dame's battle-tested more recently than Duke. Uh, Sam Hartman's going to be ready to come back to ACC country. Uh, give me the Irish by two touchdowns. Wow. That is not where I was expecting <laughs> that to go. Clearly not the Duke football homer. He is the Duke basketball homer. Wow. Uh, look, look, I've, I've, I love you're my a realist. teams. I'm a realist. You're man. a realist. I, like, I mean, he is when all the other crazy you're Panther fan, fans. You're a realist. Yeah, when all the other crazy Panther fans were saying we were going to win 10 or 11 games this year, I said six, maybe seven was realistic, and I still think it is. This is a very – I'll make my pick and let Joe go. <laughs> I'm going to talk myself through this because I still don't know what I'm going to pick. <laughs> This is really, this is messed with me because a Notre Dame is coming off a brutal loss. They're also Notre Dame. They are also Notre Dame. They're playing Duke. Duke does not really have a home field advantage. There will probably be a lot of Notre Dame fans there because there are a lot of Notre Dame fans across the country. I don't know if you're keeping track of my points, but I'm just I'm walking myself through it. Uh, Duke has had a extremely easy schedule. Yeah. They've played Lafayette, Northwestern, and Connecticut. 
in three consecutive weeks. So like they good old UConn. They've basically been and able Clemson. to well Clemson, yeah, oh. but that was three weeks ago. So like they've had time to basically recover, prepare yeah, for this moment. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like I like where Duke sits going into this game, but the hype of game day of legit expectations for the first time in a while. And Notre Dame, if you lose this game, you're probably done with the playoffs. So I think Notre Dame wins this game. I just don't know if they win it by six. Six is a lot of points. It's it's more than a – it would have to be a touchdown to cover. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it works. Uh, but I'm going Notre Dame. And I don't know why, but I feel like they end up winning this game with a late touchdown to win by 7-10. to 10. I think this turns into a heck of a ball game, though. But um, I think the Irish bounce back. I don't know if that was good analysis or bad I, analysis, I think but that was, was me like, just talking it through. Yeah, that was, right, it so. made sense. If any a time for touchdown Jesus to be touchdown Jesus, and I know it's in Durham, that's not the point. There was 10 men on the field at the end of the game against Ohio State. Marcus Freeman said it was because they had to get some guys in and out. They didn't want the penalty. No, they believed Jesus was there with them. Touchdown, Jesus is the 11th man. This weekend, he's the 12th man. Give me Notre Dame. I don't think Duke has the kind of stopping power to be able to hold on to that Marcus Freeman defense. They looked great in the first three quarters against Ohio State until Ryan Day basically was like, hey, we're Ohio State. Let's go win a football game. And I'm still not high on Ryan Day, so I don't want to get on another tangent. But Notre Dame is the team that we think they're going to be this weekend. I believe in Sam Hartman. The guy wears his rib cage around his neck. I don't know many people that can do that. He looks like a caveman. He's going to throw bullets in Wallace Wade with all 15 Duke fans. Give me Notre Dame. You right. just put, now I'm going to stick up for Duke. You just put, in this, put Duke in the same boat as Rice, saying they have, both have I mean, 15 fans. Duke at Phillip. least has 17 if Rice has 15. Phillip. Duke has more fans than Rice. I, went to, I was on a visit to Duke, Virginia Tech when Beamer was still there. When I tell you the amount of orange that was in that stadium on a recruiting visit, I heard key play and the freaking car keys and whatever it was and the H-O-K-I-E-S Hokies echo through Durham for like three days after. Maybe now there's fans, but historically. Yeah, they're bandwagon. I've seen Duke play twice, one at home, one neutral, and there was a solid amount of Duke fans both times. Define solid. Yeah, what's Duke solid? Like the amount that fits in Cameron Indoor, which I mean, is there was second. a decent amount of people in an NFL stadium when they played in the ACC championship game against Florida State. You, so you're using the ACC people. championship? Yeah, but my point is, if Those Rice, if Rice went to <laughs> if Rice went to the American Championship, they would not have as many people show up as Duke had football fans. The ACC. That's fair. And right, well, my point is, fair. you said Rice had 15 fans, so you have to at least say Duke has 17. All, right, all 20 Duke fans. Thank you. I apologize. That's all I'm saying is you you could go with a low number, but it has to be higher than Rice. Well, I'll give him 20. Here we go. 20 and a half. It'll be a baby. We're <laughs> all consensus on Notre Dame, which oh, again crud. is scary. And our final game of the week, East Carolina heading to Rice to take on the 15 fans and the 11 men on the field. The fighting Hogwarts house? <laughs> the fighting Hogwarts, Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, Slytherin, Ravenclaw. But pretty big Harry Potter fan. Uh, I have no doubt against that. Yeah, I mean, hey, if you if you like Harry Potter. What is your house? 
My house, I I feel like I'm a Gryffindor, but okay. my wife says I'm a Hufflepuff. I'm a Hufflepuff. That's yeah. why I ask. I took the Pottermore quiz. And I'm probably a Hufflepuff. I've never taken the quiz because I'm probably going to come back a Hufflepuff. <laughs> and I don't really want to <laughs> be a Hufflepuff. Be as long as you're not a Ravenclaw. Yeah, I'm definitely not a Ravenclaw. <laughs> not that smart. <laughs> Philip? Uh, I'm a Gryffindor. Every time I've taken the quiz, I've been a Gryffindor. That adds up. Yeah. Yeah. A very type A personality. You seem like a Gryffindor. Yeah. <laughs> When you're Type A, you gotta be. You're either Slytherin or Gryffindor. There's no. There's no one way or the other. Yeah. All right. So Rice and the, and the Fighting Hogwarts with their wand, they are a three and a half point favorite. They've got uh, Daniel Radcliffe set to take over quarterback if JT Daniels can't go. So three and a half on the road. I'm taking the Pirates. This is a biased pick probably, but I just feel like the momentum from last week is going to carry into this week, and I think East Carolina at least covers, if not wins outright. I'm picking the Pirates to win, and I'm picking them to cover. Joseph. Good teams win, but great teams cover. And great teams cover when they throw Shane Calhoun the football. Throw him the ball. If I go saying it, it has to be true. This is no longer just a tight end bias. I believe it in my heart of hearts. If you get Shane Calhoun the football early and often, you will win this game by more than three and a half. So give me the Pirates on the road. Yeah, I'm going to go Pirates as well here because I, I, I've got the Pirates outright. I think it's close. I think it's a one-score game, but I'm picking the Pirates outright. So Pirates By God. We're all on the Pirates. This is a disaster. We're all on Notre Dame. We're all on Georgia. At least we'll go down together, guys. So what I'm hearing is if you're in Vegas, uh, Auburn, Auburn, Duke, Duke, and Rice. Definitely. Definitely That's your parlay for the week. There it is. The can't-lose parlay because we can't win. All right, coming up next, we got our NFL picks. We got to pick our favorite teams, despite the fact they're absolutely awful. So we'll do that after the break, and we'll be right back on Hoist the Colors on this Friday. We're live with Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Hoist the Johnny Roger! Now, back to Hoist the Colors. All right, welcome back to the show. We're discussing our Anson Belt Lock of the Week. I was just telling Joe, I can't believe I've got Colorado, the team I hate. Yeah, all that time travel. I'm stuck in the air right now in the sky across somewhere between Texas and North Carolina. But uh, it is what it is. I'm rolling with Colorado. My lock of the week will have Joe and Phillips' lock of the week this segment. All right, NFL picks, guys. It's time. Bills are hosting the Dolphins. The Dolphins just hung 70 points, 70 points. On the Denver Broncos, who's a fan of the Broncos? Like, God, that must suck to have your team go up 70 points. The Bills are favored by two and a half. This is in Buffalo. And this is a this should be an awesome game because Miami is incredible watching that game last week. Their offense yeah. is just at a different level. And I I think Miami keeps it rolling. They're healthy, and I think when they're healthy, you know, they're not, they don't have Jalen Waddle, but they're healthy enough with Tua – and with Tyreek Hill, I just think they find a way to win, and I'm going Dolphins, uh, Joe. McDaniels always finds a way to out-scheme the Bills or create some kind of wild mismatch that shouldn't be exposed, and it is. I mean, Skylar Thompson, I think, threw for like 150 yeah. yards in a playoff game up there. So McDaniels just has Sean McDermott's number. I take the Dolphins. If you can take the over, hammer it. Uh, I think people are going to think there's a hangover after all that offensive production. I don't think so. I think they're going to score and score more. Yeah, Mike White threw a touchdown pass. Mike White, 
Granted, he started a couple games for us last year, but I digress. So give me the Dolphins. Phil. Um, I'm going Bills. Okay. They, they, I don't know. They've already got a loss this the season. They, they seem to lose yeah. like one out of every four games. They've already lost their one for the first four. It's at home. I mean, Josh Allen could throw four picks and they could lose. But I do say bet the Josh Allen under picks and, oh. and them to cover or bet or if you think they're going to lose I would bet the Josh Allen over picks if mm. you're picking the Dolphins to cover because I think how many interceptions he throws is going to determine this game so I'm going to have faith in Josh Allen tonight and uh, or on Sunday and say uh, he doesn't throw a lot to cover. <laughs> so he's picking the Bills yes yeah sorry right. I was all over the place <laughs> alright Broncos and Bears what a horrific matchup. We got two. Somebody's getting a win though. That is true. We got two 0 and 3 matchups this week. Yeah. On the picks. And the first is Broncos, my Denver Broncos, worst team I've ever seen at the <laughs> Bears. I will say Russell Wilson still looks a million times better this year. It's, and Justin Fields looks awful. But that's not saying much, I guess. I mean, you're right, but Sean Payton has fixed the offense. The defense is just it doesn't matter when you give up a touchdown every single possession. So, but the, you know, the good thing is the Bears can't score. This is also true. So something's got to give here. I need to see Jaquan McMillan play. <laughs> this defense is horrific, and so let's put Jaquan McMillan in the game. He can't do any worse. He played against uh, the the Commanders in Week Two and actually looked good in the yeah. slot. So I'm hoping he gets some run this week. Either way, I'm going Denver on the road. Three and a half scares me a little because I could see them winning like. 23-20, but I'm going Denver and just going to hope that they score enough to cover the three and a half. Uh, Joe, yeah, three and a half is a spread by Denver. <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned that or not. I don't know either. Joe. I, I agree to the same thing, um, except for your quote that the offense was fixed. The if offense you, is fixed. If you mean fixed like a dog, maybe, like nothing <laughs> left. Then it was. Uh, but After what I, watched I think year. the Bears are – Exceptionally bad. I don't. I don't know many teams that trade away the number one overall pick and somehow end up worse. But I think we're living in that era. So I don't think Justin Fields is the caliber quarterback people thought he was. They said MVP front runner. I left. Uh, I think he's the most athletic T-Mobile worker of all time or soon to be. And I think that the Broncos, some way somehow, with Sean Payton, never thought this would come out of my mouth, are going to win a football game this weekend. Did you just throw up? I might have. Um, there's a big difference right now in the Bears and the Broncos. Is there? Though? The Bears are pointing fingers at each other. Their quarterback is coming out and blaming other people for their struggles, and the Broncos are not, despite losing by 50 last week. And when you point fingers, you don't win football games. So I've got Denver. To your former ball boy. Yeah, that's tough. And the fact they didn't even interview him for the job. I know he was mad. He was Disgusting. like... And... Dolphins had uh, Vic Fangio as defensive coordinator who yeah. just got fired, so there was some revenge. 100%. All right, Browns are hosting the Ravens. The Browns have been sneakily good this year, and if they win this Sunday, this could be a big statement game. They are a three-point favorite. Let's go reverse order here. We'll go to Felipe and uh, start Browns three-point three favorites at home against the Baltimore Ravens. Anson Belt and Buckle, lock of the week. Ravens money line. They went out wow. right. I think that's all we needed. I mean, wow. No need to expand. He's gone Baltimore and he feels it. Joe. I, I have to lean the same way, I think, unfortunately, for the Browns. 
I don't want to say the season stopped when Nick Chubb's leg snapped like a chicken bone, but it was pretty close. Uh, Kareem Hunt is serviceable. I think Ford could also be good out of the backfield, but you're missing the workhorse that he has been over the last few years. And Watson's not playing like a $200 million man. He hasn't looked like the quarterback he's supposed to be or that was promised in the trade, giving up all those picks. So I lean to the Ravens, especially with a three-point swing. Justin Tucker might be the best kicker, biggest positional advantage yet, kicker. So I go with the Ravens. Uh, the Ravens coming off a bad loss. They lost at home to the Colts. But the Browns have been really good at home this year. I think they've yet to allow a touchdown at home. You know, they're not great offensively, but this just feels like I can't believe I'm doing this. This feels like another Browns win. I'm going Browns at home. The Ravens running back situation is a problem. If Keaton Mitchell were eligible, he'd be almost their starting running back right now. Yeah. He's eligible to come off next week. And I'm going Browns at home. I'm trying to talk myself out of it, which is why I keep saying I'm going Browns, but I'm going Browns. You forgot about Minshew Mania. That's why the Ravens that lost. That is true. The, Minshew is legitimately probably the best backup quarterback in the league. Yeah, close to it. Yeah. I if, mean, if he's not one, he's two. Yeah. Because Brissett and him could probably go 1A, 1B. Andy Dalton's a backup. Yeah, okay. Maybe Andy Dalton 1A, 1B, 1C. I'd much if, rather have Gardner. Gardner's got that dog in him. By the way, the story about breaking sand completely false. Uh, Vikings at Panthers. Vikings are a three and a half point favorite at Felipe's Panthers, and these this is another zero and three versus zero and three. Is Bryce Young playing? Do we know what the deal is there? Uh, I still think no. Right? It's, there's a solid chance he does. He did practice Wednesday, so we'll see. I don't know. I think Andy Dalton plays. He got a better chance to win. Probably. I think Frank Reich would think the same thing. <laughs> Uh, let's start with Joe here. Let's mix it up. Oh, okay. Three and a half Vikings. I take the Vikings. I picked against them last week. I was correct. Uh, I think their offense is not firing the way it needs to be, but if there's any game to bounce back against, and Philip, I mean this in no disrespect, the Panthers' defense doesn't seem to be humming to the point where it causes creates or causes and creates kind of coverage mishaps, clouded coverages, or false looks. So I think Kirko Chains gets off to a good start. Justin Jefferson gets the ball often. And K.J. Osborne scores a touchdown. I take the Vikings. Phil. Um, I'm going to look up a stat, so can you go first? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I am going to also look up a stat. We're going to send it back to Joe. Nah. Oh, perfect. <laughs> what I'm a great to... time for my Anson Belton Buckle lock of the week. Christian McCaffrey has scored in every single game since week 12 of last year with two more weeks of scoring a touchdown in at least one of the quarters. He will break Emmett Smith's record of 14 straight weeks with a touchdown, which is why you need to take all your money, go to the bank, and put it on Christian McCaffrey anytime touchdown on Sunday. It will hit. It's hit for 12 weeks before this one. This is the 13th. Lock it in. 49ers host the Cardinals on Sunday. There's Joe's Lock of the Week. Lock of the Week presented by Ensign Belt and Buckle. Are you game day ready? Visit EnsignBelt.com backslash ECU and check out their great collection of holist belts including ECU officially licensed buckles and some belt and buckle, the official belt of ECU athletics. All right, do you have your pick ready? I know we Yeah, I do. So in week four, 2016, Julio Jones went off for 300 yards against oh, the Panthers. <laughs> Justin Jefferson might do that. If not, he's at least getting 200. Vikings, 1 o'clock, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I'm going Vikings as well. I just think the Vikings have reached a point where at some point you got to win a game. They're too talented not to, even though they're a bad team. So Vikings. All right, quickly because we got to get a break in. Jeeps. 
Chiefs. The, the Chiefs are a nine and a half point favorite at the Jets. I tried to combine them as one team uh, when I said that. Nine and a half points. I feel the Jets. Close game here. I'm going Jets. Cover at home. Oh, my God. Joe. What? Philip, you have to go because if, if this happens, then I need to change my own pick. Um, it is very hard for me to pick a team in the NFL to win by 10 points. I do it very seldomly, and today is not one of those days, Jets. <laughs> God, I'm going to hate myself for this. If I pick against Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, I'm going to throw myself at the mercy of God. I don't think it's going to be close. I think there's a chance for the defenses to hold up to it, but Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. The New York Jets are angry at Zach Wilson. They might fight him in the locker room. Quincy Inouye fought Geno Smith. I see no difference with Garrett Wilson. I take the Chiefs. This this uh, Taylor Swift stuff has become a distraction. Give me Jets outright, by the way. All right, I'm going to uh, let's get our final break in. We'll come back. We'll have our final thoughts on E.C. Rice, and then we'll get out of here. This is Hoist the Colors on a Friday. Climb aboard as we set sail and hoist the colors. Back to the show with Steve and I go on 94.3 The Game. All right, welcome back into the show. Wrapping things up on this Friday ahead of ECU and Rice. We just made our NFL picks. We got great games this weekend. Broncos, Bears should be a barn burner. Vikings, Panthers should be a great one. Guess what we have next week? Jets, Broncos in Denver. Are you ready, Joe? I, I don't think you're ready. I think Sean Payton's going to eat every word he said this offseason. That's that's fine. I can't I, wait for the I'm gonna come Daniel in Hackett re- Revenge Bowl. Wearing a bucket hat, sunglasses, and I will do an interview in the middle of us being on the show just to remind you that he said that's the only thing he doesn't want to see in the preseason. That's perfectly fine. Yeah, you should have focused on the offense. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's sad, man. All of our NFL teams. Sad time. We were combined one and eight. Broncos, the Jets yeah. having the one win between yeah. Broncos, Jets, Panthers. Xavier Gibson. You know what's going to be the nice thing next week is like because, and I appreciate you do it, Iga, making us pick our own teams. So it only gives us two other games, yeah. which lets us leave out some big-time games each week. At least next week we'll get to pick three other games because you guys play each other. Yeah, because so, this is going to be a help. terrible, yeah. terrible matchup. It's a, <laughs> and it's in the 425 window. I don't know why. Oh. Are we on the Fox game or CBS? Do we get uh, Romo? What's in the four? No, nah, there'll be another yeah, I guess 425 it's in Denver, game. Makes sense. Yeah, you're that late because you're Mountain Time people, weirdos. Even then, it's just, right. as long as it's not the Romo game, I yeah, doubt yeah. Romo will be calling that because it'll be just whatever worst announcing crew they have to send to the worst game. Of the Iron week. Eagle. Iron Eagle's the man. You're Iron crazy. Eagle hates the Jets. You uh-huh. have to understand. Every time I watch him come on, it's always hatred for the Jets. It's never like neutral. Okay, maybe the Jets. No, it's always just hatred. That's fair. And then his son got hired by Guest Network to do Nets games. So you're from New York. How are you going to hate the Jets? But I'm I'm on a rant. Mike, mute me. Okay, well, Chiefs-Vikings is the answer. That is the CBS game of the week. As it should be. Okay. 20 seconds left. Joe, what do you want to see Saturday when EC takes on Rice to, to get this victory? What's the main key for you? Shane Calhoun touchdown. If Shane Calhoun scores a touchdown, the Pirates will win. Is that your second lock of the week? That's my. If I had to do a second lock of the week, that would be it. Shane Calhoun scores, the Pirates win. It's an easy formula. Throw Shane Calhoun the ball. Throw Shane Calhoun the ball. They're one to zero when Shane Calhoun scores a touchdown. They lost to Marshall. Exactly. (laughs) I wanted you guys to think about it because you have to turn the tide in order to accept a new regime. All right, now I'm just way confused. You lost to a ball boy last week. That's fun. All right, we got to get out of here. The Broncos are the worst team of all time. VCU. I can't math. 
if they can beat or if they can get a touchdown from Shanko. Take all, right. all of Phillips' picks. This has been Hoist the Colors. We'll talk to you on Monday at 12 noon. This has been Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo. Tune in weekdays at noon for all things ECU sports. Get a recap of the show at 943thegame.com, on Twitter, Facebook, or anywhere you get your podcasts. We're back Monday with more of Hoist the Colors on 943 the Game.